G'day, partners. Welcome to this week's episode of uh, Bet With Brilliant. It's a bit of a mixed day uh, for this podcast, partners. We're doing a preview of uh, some of the feature races at Caulfield on Saturday's PB Lawrence Stakes Day with the uh, the Cosette and the Vane Stakes for three-year-olds. And then uh, we're going to Kembla uh, for Sydney Racing on uh, Saturday. Well, tomorrow, partners, as we record this sort of Friday morning, is up-and-coming Stakes Day uh, and going to... May have a look at Morpherville as well, punters. We just don't know with the spring stakes as well. Uh, before we get into it too much, welcome in uh, Fishman. How you going, Fish? Yeah, going well, Jack. Punters, I'm um, getting pretty excited, actually. Got um, five group races and a listed race to go through this weekend. So spring's certainly getting closer. And then um, if anyone's been watching the trials this morning too, certainly an um, exciting time of the year. So, yeah, pretty happy, mate. Yeah, the, the trials this morning and even the ones on Monday, I I bared it through the, the racing.com coverage that is their trials on a Monday morning. Um, just absolutely woeful watching if you do have a look. But there some stars going around there as well as this morning at Rose Hill. So get around that one as that is all available online. And I'm doing a bit of a trial watch thing every Monday morning as well. Uh, this podcast and all the others are obviously proudly sponsored by Southern Cross Bet. Uh, plenty of specials going on there, punters. So if you get around then make sure that you gamble responsibly. Uh, trash and treasure for the week, Fish. What have you got for me? Yeah, mate, my trash is uh, the non-suspension to Rachel King for her ride on uh, Larkspur run in the first on the weekend. Obviously, for her, so her uh, jockey of her experience on a horse that she's ridden many times before. Um, and I'm not talking out of pocket here. I didn't place one bet on Larkspur run, but... Honestly, she um, she pushed forward. She sat three wide on the pace, and on a, on a two dollar favourite who had four times the money of any other horse in the field. She finished last on last square run. The other two horses in front finished um, the two behind at the back as well. And then in the stewards' room, James Cummings backed her up and said, "Oh yeah, that's uh, how I advised her to ride." So anyway, if you believe that, you'll believe anything. But I'm a bit disappointed she didn't get suspended for that because um, obviously jockeys get suspended for some of their uh, minor minor little mishaps down the straight. So couldn't believe that one. And then my like, treasure was the trial of Private Eye the other day for Joe Pride, Warwick Farm, 900 metres, quick trial. And um, he was under a complete hold, hit the line well. He looks to be in super order. And if all goes to plan, his first up assignment will be the Group 3 Show County quality over 1,200 on the 21st of August. What about you, mate? you agree with that ride or, or what? Yeah, that was the first race that I watched on Saturday morning. I, I didn't have a bet in it either, um, but I flicked it over to, to Sky Thoroughbred and I thought, oh, I'll just watch the first and see how the track sort of play and things like that. And I saw Rachel on the first and the first thing I did was message you and uh, had a bit of a comment about it and then sort of written accordingly. I thought it was very funny. Um, mate, my trash for the week is Racing Victoria and their rail positions. It has been three weeks since we've raced at Caulfield and the same as the meeting that's just gone for Flemington. There was three weeks between that meeting and the last and they've had to push the rail out a further five metres at both tracks. So it was, I was actually, sorry, they went out seven metres to the 10 metre position last week at Flemington. Uh, this week we're racing eight metres out for the rail at Caulfield. Uh, I don't know what's going on in there with, and I mean, I've never managed a track before, but if you can't get, uh, a bit of ground going back three weeks. That looks like a bit of a concern to me. So I don't know why the tracks aren't recovering there, um, especially when we're looking at 
uh, a rock hard sort of good four, good three on Saturday at, uh, at Caulfield. So that's my trash, mate. The treasure is, and we touched on it just before, all these trials, the stars that are coming back, I think we've talked about it uh, a couple of weeks now. On Monday, we have the likes of of uh, Ayrton. Uh, my boy Artorius went around. Zaki was at Warwick Farm. Today, there was uh, there was Mars Crusader we were talking about, just as you recorded. The, the superstars are coming back, so... Uh, it's just really exciting times for racing. Uh, stable Starsfish, this is the new one that we're doing uh, for sort of the spring coming up. Give us your Stable Stars for the week. Who'd you like? Yeah, mate. Uh, all my Stable Stars are from the recent weekend of racing on Saturday up in Sydney. Uh, stable Star Jockey for the week was James McDonald. Four winners. He took out last year's Sydney Metro Premiership. Um, so he started this year where he left off last year. He's easily the most consistent and probably the best jockey in, in Sydney and probably potentially Australia as well, mm. if you want to go as far as saying that. And he regularly pulls out a peach, which is just great to watch. My, my sprint stable star was Fibador in the Missile Stakes for Michael Costa. Six runners in that race posted last 200s below 33. So certainly going to be a form line that we all take forward with us. And the way this fella savage the line after getting out was just super impressive. 10.5 seconds, 4 to 200. Finished off with 11.2, last 200. And the race was in Everest time in the minute eight. So uh, pretty keen to take heaps of horses out of that race. Middle distance, stable stars, man, Cayenne for Aussie Bloodstock. Didn't win the race. Come second on Saturday at um, Flemington, I believe it was. He's a staying type. We've been brought out here for the uh, bigger races later in the year. Eight places from 10 starts over his career, but all of those were the 2,400. And on the weekend, over 1,600, he, he just, he's got that turn of foot that these um, European stays have that sort of most of ours don't have. And I thought that was a pretty impressive turn of foot. So he's going in the black book. And then just another uh, stay off from Sydney, Harpo Marks. Um, his racing style has come from the rear. So to be able to win a 2,400-meter race with 62 and a half on his back, that just goes to show you that he's um, probably one of the best stayers we've got. And the way that he bolted home was unbelievable. So I want to keep an eye on him moving up in, in class and down in weight. Yeah, what about that, yours, mate? That run of Harpo Marks was incredible. and I'm glad that you've said we can follow some horses out of that missile because I want to keep them, uh, keep my eye on uh, on Colding there, one of mine for sure. Uh, the jock for me this week is Jai McNeil. Had a double on Saturday at Flemington where uh, sort of every rider got one for themselves. Uh, Sprinter Oxley Road, there was a massive drift in the market, probably suggesting that he wasn't there to win first up, but still ran a really good second. Uh, the midi for me, uh, Diagler over the mile was an incredible uh, win. Uh, and then Stayer, I'll, I'll take Chabelle as long as Brett Preble stays aboard. I thought that was an incredible ride to start the day at Flemington on Saturday, punter. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Chabelle there. Now, this week... Uh, like I said, off the top punters, covering a bit from both of Caulfield and Kembla. We're going to start at Kembla. We've got the likes of the Premier's Cup prelude. Uh, we're going to have a look at the spring preview handicap, which uh, has a couple of very good ones in there. And we're also going to have a look at the up-and-coming stakes of Group 3 uh, for the now three-year-olds. Then we're going to make a trip down to Caulfield. We're going to go and have a look at the, uh, the Vane stakes, the Quisette, uh, so for the Colts and Geldings and then the Phillies separately, there's a listed race, the Regal Roller with a couple of smart ones. 
uh, and one that I'm very keen on in that race. So stick around for that. And then uh, there's obviously the Group 2 PB Lawrence there as well, punters. Uh, Fish, we'll start with uh, Sydney and Kembla Grange. How's the track looking for tomorrow? Oh, the track's looking good down there in Kembla Grange, mate. It's a good four. And as you can see out my window here, the, um, the weather's unreal and the track's about 15 minutes away. So should be a good four. Uh, the rail's out 300 metres from... I mean, sorry, the rail's out three metres from the um, <laughs> 1100, uh, 1,100 to the winning post. I think Kembla's been one of the fairer tracks in New South Wales over recent months, actually. I think it'll play very fair tomorrow. And um, I think later in the card, you'll probably see him flying to the outside. That's what regularly occurs down there at Kembla Grains. But I think we're in for a great day of racing there, actually. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. The rail was out 300 metres, I'd be keen, because it'd be fence hot. But um, three makes it a bit fairer, you're right. Uh, Caulfield, the rail's going to be at eight metres. I've had my little moan about that. But um, track's rated a good four at the moment. And I guess irrigation pending. Uh, we could get a good three on the day there, Saturday punters. Uh, as I always look to do at Caulfield and just about everywhere, uh, looking for horses up in the first few pairs. But the how the track can play when the rail's out that far, it either goes one or two ways. The fence is on or they really fan out and uh, they're over in the over in the grandstands there winning down the outside fence. So I think that probably early uh, you'll want to be on the fence. I think it's going to be uh, a bit better ground and then probably look at the fan out a bit later. Are we going to kick this off with Kembla Fish? Yeah, mate, sounds good. Race three in the Drink Wars Premier Cup prelude. You want to run through the field, mate? Yeah, favourite at the moment is Zigfield around the 225 mark. Uh, Criminal Code and Moober is at 440 each, $5 for me in, and it's double figures the rest. Have you got a speed map there? Yeah, mate, I think um, the Godolphin runner Zigfield is going to get total control here from Barrier 4. He'll jump out and lead, and uh, I think he's going to get um, all things go his way in this race. Skymax and Young Young Rascal will be the ones in behind that. Criminal Code and Mooberiz will be the horses at the rear, and Lure, Lure Me In will be just in front of them. But, um, yeah, in this race, I landed with Criminal Code. I think he's getting a bit short in the market for what I want to take, but... I like him here with a massive drop in weight. His last two runs, he carried 59 and a half and then 60. He's dropping down to 53 kgs here with Kathy O'Hara on. Obviously got the fitness under the belt. The only thing that I would have probably preferred is a bit more pace in the race because I think the quicker they go, the more it will set it up for a criminal code at the rear. But I think he'll get his chance here at Kemble Grange. And then my main danger was obviously Ziegfeld, um, just because he's going to get complete control in front. But Happy to apply criminal code. What about you, mate? Mate, I saw it exactly the same, and I can't add much to what you've said. I think the Pancho being scratched from this race, as we look at its uh, Friday morning punters, uh, probably would have had a bit more pace in the race, especially at that lower weight. Uh, a horse that does like to go forward. But uh, everything that you said, I think the horse has got a really good platform uh, coming into the race third up, sort of 2,000 metres. Um, I think it might have a bit of that fitness edge over Ziegfeld, but uh, uh, we're a bit out of my jurisdiction here. Uh, the way that I've seen it, the the race, I I was sort of actually happy that the Pancho came out because it was Graham, that horse was greying me up a little bit, and I'm I'm happy to go Criminal Code on top. So seeing it well early here, Fish. Yeah, I just noticed that I had written down 53 kilos too, and he's actually riding with 52 kilos. So that extra tub of butter off the um 
off the top there should be able to help him out as well. So looking forward to having a play on criminal code there in the in the third race of the day. Absolutely, mate. All aboard the tub of butter coming off. Race seven is the agency spring preview punters. This one's over the 1,400 metres. Favourite at the moment is Frosty Rocks. Uh, not much fat in the market here because it's 5.50. Oscar Zulu, Order Again and Gayu, or if that's how you pronounce it, I've heard many a pronunciation for that horse. Uh, 6.50, True Detective, and then it's double figures, the rest of the likes of uh, Cephas there. So... Uh, race map on the, uh, sorry, speed map on this one, Fish. Yeah, mate, some speed maps show Man of Peace leading from Barrier 2, but Frosty Rocks will lead. Uh, there's no way Frosty's going to allow anyone to lead over him. So Frosty Rocks in front, then you'll have Man of Peace in behind. Probably, fun fact, the true detective have to go forward from the wide gate. So they'll probably be a front four. I think Gorlis will sit in behind. Oscar Zulu will, will sit uh, wherever he's comfortable. And then from the rear, you'll have the military zone, Mohican Heights, and probably the import, uh, Sophia's, I think you call it. Um, but, yeah, I've landed with Gorlis here from Godolphin Stable with Hugh Bowman on top. Uh, the format of his recent first-up run was has been, frankly, chat racing fantastic in the Missile Stakes last weekend. Hugh Bowman sticks, and he, he always improves second up, so that fitness under the belt. And I just think he's probably the horse in this race coming out of the better race, to be honest with you. Um, and I like the fact that uh, it's going to be a good track and there's going to be pace here because any race that Frosty Rocks is in, there's pace on. So it probably sets it up for a goalless. Danger was order again. Um, it's hard not to tip him as the race shape and looks perfect for him as well with um, the tempo. He needs tempo on. He likes to be able to sprint late. So perfect there. And the two kilogram claim to Tommy Sherry puts him right in the race. But um, certainly keen on goalless. One of my better bets of the day. How did you see it? Saw it a bit differently, Fish. Um, speaking last night about how much fun it was to do the form, and I had fun on this race because you get to spin a really good narrative, and that's there's a couple in this pod punters, so strap yourselves in. I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna go with true detective in this one. Now, uh, had a look at the form guide and went back to April. He ran over twelve hundred meters against Lost and Running, was beaten six and a half lengths. Was given a three-week break, came back over the 1,300 metres and found another four and a half lengths on the horse. So uh, if that's anything to go by, that lost and running is an Everest horse, that's a massive margin to make up. Now, uh, since then, he's run over 1,400 metres, beaten sort of three and a half lengths by a bandersnatch, but that was on a bottomless heavy nine there. Uh, he's Apart from that race, been beaten 0.81 of a length, 0.11, 0.16, uh, and then 1.38. How accurate are the margins in Sydney? Um, True Detective gets a low weight. He gets your boy, Tommy Berry, and he's getting back on top of the ground, which all look ticks for me. Uh, this three-week break coming into this race looks like a bit of a setup for the horse. If it's anything like what happened back there sort of in April with that three-week break uh, around Lost and Running, uh, I can't see really any of these horses making up that much of ground on on Lost and Running. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think if the um, race shape goes the way that I see it in the map, I think True Detective will be the one carting straight over behind Frosty Rock. So I think Tommy Tommy Barry will have it in the perfect spot. Now, my only question mark over True Detective is does Frosty Rock scale a bit too quick? But uh, with the lightweight, you're spot on the money there. And when you can have $7 at $2.30, yeah, you can't go wrong with a bit of an each-way play there. But going to be a good race and hopefully one of us has the winner there 
Absolutely. I don't think it's going to be as good a race as the next one, Fish. This one's the up-and-coming stakes. This one's for the three-year-olds over 1,300 metres punters. Favourite at the moment is Tiger Malay with a big weight, 245. Uh, again, not a lot of fat in this race. Next in the market, uh, sort of the $7 uh, concocted, I think that's how you're pronouncing it, punters. Uh, Subterranean, 750. 850 for Coast Watch, 950 for Brigantine, uh, $10 construct and revitalize and sort of longer the rest. Yeah, there doesn't look to be much pace in this race, to be honest with you. And I think some of the speed maps have sort of tried to find a few leaders there because I think a few of them that have leader next to their name, you know, don't, don't actually race like that. But uh, if you follow the speed map that I'm going off, the speed's going to come from out wide with subterranean and bring time, and that's probably true because from that wide gate and no speed inside, you'll have to come over. Tiger and Malay will shoot through from barrier one and probably follow the fence, which is wide there with a large weight. Um, Concocted and Coast Watch will be the ones in behind there. And then you'll have Construct and, and Patton sitting at the rear waiting for their charge late. But, um, yeah, it's... Like you said, very interesting race. Tiger Malay's got the large weight, but if he can handle it um, and looks good in the yard, probably the horse to beat. I'm going to have a spec on Coast Watch, um, Kathy O'Hara on. I was pretty keen on him first up after a few nice trials, after he'd been gelded, and he just got caught three wide, no cover that whole race. So I was expecting him to die early. He did die. He, come about, he was on the speed and ended up about fourth or fifth in that race, but I thought it was certainly a gallant effort first up. And wouldn't shock me if he just come out and improved a few lengths here, second up. Drops in weight as well. Um, and then stepping out to the 1,300 with a few horses here that are first up. I'm pretty keen to take the each way odds about Coast Watch. And then, as I just mentioned before, I think Tiger and Relay is the best horse in the race. 60 and a half kilos first up. That's the query. But if Lizzie Joe says that he looks forward in the yard, you'll probably have a spec. What about you? Yeah, I think you're exactly right about Tiger of Malay. I'm going to play this race, how I'm playing a lot of three-year-old races coming into this new season, Fish, and I'm going to uh, look at a pretty heavy recency bias. So I'm going to go with Construct here at each way odds. I've got him as sort of my value of the day. Um, talk about spinning a bit of a yarn. I followed some Blue Diamond form uh, and Black Hooked it coming into the new season. Uh, there was a, an early two-year-old Wolves that, went at, uh, that ran last start at Kembla. Um, took Wolves to get the win and thought I had had uh, had money in the bank until this horse just came flying out of the back of the pack, put in a 35-1 for the last 600 metres. Uh, so construct under the 1,300 metres, no problem at all. Uh, good track's definitely a tick. Uh, stepping up, obviously, a bit in grade, which is definitely reflected in the price. But if you're going off that last run alone, uh, where I think he even got held up slightly in the straight. Uh, I think he's more than capable of winning this race construct. Uh, probably the the smaller field than last start helps as well. So I'm gonna I'm more than happy to take each way odds on on construct, uh, especially since I got bloused a bit late there last start. Yeah, well, actually, I was looking at construct that day that he uh, raced at Kemba Grange actually, and I was so tempted to um, have a bit of play on my own racing page, and I pulled out because I just thought from the wide gate there at Kemba. He'll find it hard, but then, you know, it didn't, didn't cause him any drama. So I certainly think that he's in great form and um, drops a few kilos from that race too. So, yeah, he could be on the money, mate, and the pace will be on, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to make a trip down south here, Fish, to Caulfield. 
Straight down to Caulfield, mate. We've got the uh, first race of the oh, first race of the quaddy. Actually, we're doing the quaddy legs. The Ned's Vane Stakes, which is a three-year-old Colts and Geldings Group Three, 1100 meters. Your current favourite is Generation uh, with Jamie Carr on board for Myron Eustace. What a great race this is, by the way. Before I keep rattling these off, ingratiating three dollars seventy for Godolphin. Damian Lane's on General Bow five fifty. Jigsaw, $6. Uh, you head out of 15 but it's still a few nice horses. Lightsaber. Cecil Street Lad's looking to get a lot of support there into 18 now. And, uh, Mr. Mozart, if he doesn't race in Sydney, and then direct at $21. This is uh, exactly what you said before I get into that fish. This is great fun, this race. Uh, and doing the form was... Maybe the most fun I've had with my clothes on. Uh, it's going to be a fast race to start. Generation from gate one will kick forward. Uh, I think direct will sit behind generation. Jigsaw will sit in front of outside bow. They'll, uh, sorry, general bow, I should say. They should make up your first two pairs. I don't think lightsaber's fast enough to be as far forward as some of these maps have it. So uh, lightsaber sits outside Chessel Street, Mr. Mozart. Uh, and I think ingratiating uh, sort of brings up the the tail there and sort of gets a card into the race from general bow um pretty tough uh pretty tough little race this one uh with no public sort of jump outs or trials for general bow it's hard to see where he's at uh the trial for lightsaber didn't look too crash hot but that was sort of a a back straight pack and jump out so uh i'm not a big fan of them i thought ingratiating trialed really well uh, I think Jigsaw was only beaten by a big weight last start. I'm going to tip Generation on top here. I thought he was really impressive last prep. Um, the jump outs leading into this look really good from Generation. Uh, the fact that Jamie Carr sticks is a solid uh, considering. I think she might have ridden General Bow last, uh, last season. So uh, I'm going to tip Generation on top here, sort of a bit of a, a lead and, and take it all home on Saturday punters. Uh, how did you see it, Fish? What do you like? Yeah, mate, I did see that jockey, um, Jamie Carr. That's definitely a good lead you're looking at. It's a funny race for me because I've actually got the bottom of the market on top and then the, the top of the market is the uh, danger. So I'm, I'm going with direct for Lloyd Cannawell and Joe Bowditch. I thought the first start run at Mooney Valley was, was excellent, actually, uh, on a track that's quite tricky to race on for these young horses. But I just think if you look at it, I just think he's over the odds. Um, in that in his debut race, which was over a thousand in Mooney Valley, he was beat by Pulele. We all saw what Pulele did on the weekend with James McDonald on board. He wasn't far off gaining a, a spot in the in the slipper, really. And for a horse who puts himself in the race early, and he's got to run under the belt, that's another big tick. We don't know where these horses are at, and you've got a horse who looks to be in good order. I'll just take him at the price. Uh, I do think he's more of a thousand meter, eleven hundred meter horse, so this suits compared to the 1200s, but I think direct will be in the finish. So I've got no doubt about that. Um, the issue is, I don't know if Mr. Mozart's going to come out, but if they do, you probably, each way odds are gone because there's going to be seven in it. The danger is generation, as you said. Um, it's hard to line up the races that generation was in compared to the other ones, but the winds have been pretty emphatic. Um, and he's certainly got the runs on the board. And if you're a fan and saw his recent jump out, uh, you definitely wouldn't be jumping off. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have a good play on direct and generation is probably the danger. Yeah, I thought direct was a really good run last start behind Jigsaw and I was 
I was definitely tipping direct there off of that run. So you can stick with him. Uh, I think Generation might have a bit of the, the fitness edge over some of these leading into the event on Saturday. Yeah, I just, I just can't understand the $21 about direct either. I mean, even the um, – well, I'm not sure what the names of the races are, but after the debut behind Polarly, I think he um, came out of a wide barrier in both of those starts and sort of tracked on in, in fast-run races. So I just think the form looks a lot better than the $21. But anyway, we'll see how it goes on the weekend. Absolutely. Race seven is the Quisette Stakes for three-year-old fillies, which is a group three, uh, same as the last race, 1,100 metres. Current favourite is Gimme Gimme Par for the Moody Stable, $3.70. Najmati for Snowden, $4.80. Arcaded, $7. Libiano for Graham Bag, $11. High, high, high. Um, coming down from Sydney, $11. Here, Sire, so see you in spring, 16. Scorched Earth, 18. Sweet Mary, 19. One of my horses, Dutchy is the boy, 21. And then getting out to pretty large odds there. How's the speed map here? Uh, looking at another fast run race, Fish. Uh, Chimes lead, see you in spring. Asteroidia and Sweet Mary make up the second pair. Scorched Earth, high, high, high from them. Duchy of Savoy and Arcaded will be on the fence. Uh, as well as here, see uh, her empire outside of her. Libyamo, Tycoon Hummer, Gimme Pa and Najmati at the back. Uh, the two best fillies in the race are going to be out the back here, punters. Uh, and I think one of them is a complete moral. While Gimme Parr's got a lot of talent, and I believe I wrote on Monday that in a um, uh, no, that wasn't on Monday. I mixed myself up there. Sorry, pun. There's a different movie horse. Um, Gimme Parr in a sort of couple of runs to date has been highly impressive, uh, and Jamie Carr going aboard for positive. Uh, the one that I'm tipping on top, I think she's a complete moral, and it's one that. You've tipped me into in the past, which is Najmati now. Had an incredible prep last season before what was clearly an end-of-season run, and I think she was sort of cut out of a run in the straight at Randwick there. Um, she had a really hot trial, one on debut really well, which you tipped uh, a lot of the punters into, and hopefully they followed you through there. Uh, that was at Kensington, and if you watch the replay, it was just incredible what she did. Came down to Caulfield uh, and gave uh, a couple of good ones some absolute wind burn, including uh, Hanam, who came out and won after that race. Then there was sort of that end of prep run. I think her trials leading into this have been really hot. Um, they've progressively gotten better with the time. You look at the first one, she's doing the last 600 in a, a 35.6, and then uh, her most recent ones are 34.7. So uh, she's clearly improved every single time. The horse that won that second trial, journalism has come out and won since. And uh, in the, the most recent trial punters, it's uh, Mamarigan that she followed, who was contesting the, the likes of a, a Caulfield Guineas last prep. Um, I think if she runs anywhere near her best, she beats these and beats them well. Uh, I'm even more encouraged by the fact that you've got the likes of uh, Chimes in this race from sort of a, a low-ish draw at number six there, and Asteroid who's going to go forward and set the pace up. Even uh, Scorched Earth can help. Uh, coming from the widest gate and going forward. So I think the rate, the the, the pace is going to be on in the race. Uh, I think you might see a few tired legs late in the straight, but not Najmati. She'll fly over the top of them. Yeah, mate, I won't talk you out of Najmati for sure. Um, excellent horse. And then those trolls have been ridden by James McDonald. And I've got no doubt that he's given the stable the uh, 
tick of approval for a race like this. So, but he's obviously in Sydney. I landed on High High High, which is also a Sydney uh, filly from the Gary Portelli. Caught wide many times before. She bolted in on debut by three and a half lengths of Canterbury, and that one really caught me eye back in the day because I just thought, geez, just so impressive. Um, anyway, took 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 a forward from that one. She was caught wide in the two million dollar English Millennium, um, but she still hit the line well and the Sweet Embrace Stakes after that. So they're quality form lines that she's coming out of. Um, Gary's very smart at placing his horses, and I've got no doubt that there's no way that High High will go down to Melbourne if he doesn't think she can win the race. And if you watch the recent trial, one by five lengths under a hole, it was just another one of them good good watches. I really think she might be a first up. First up jet, so I'm happy to play the ten dollars and three thirty about high, high, high. Terrified of Najmati, like you said, and then I think the uh, other one is probably arcaded from the Godolphin Stable. I think if they um, go pretty hard up front, which it, it should be pretty quick with the big field of three year olds, um, she's ran on well from the rear in the Vova Showdown in April. We all seen her win the Magic Knight States and the Blue Don Prelude last preparation, so. Damien Lane on a Godolphin horse is always a positive. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm playing high, high, high in this one. Yeah, it is a good point that you make that um, Gary wouldn't take it down there for, for nothing. Um, I just, I'm that, I was that taken away by Najmati last night that I started chewing the missus ear off for 20 minutes about it and uh, and sorry to her for that, punters. But um, we'll go forward to what is one of the big races of the day, the Wait for Age PB Lawrence. Wait for AIDS Group 2, PB Lawrence, over 1,400 metres. Um, one of your favourites, Streets of Avalon, is a favourite, $3.10. Superstorm and Sanson, second line of betting at $5.50. Best of Day, $7. Red Can Man, $8. Sierra Sue, $8.50 with Johnny Allen on. Nonconformist, $23. Uh, Arcademus, $27. Angel of Truth, $30. And then... Um, Julia Sanders bringing an absolute roughie to town, two hundred one dollars. <laughs> Great race. What's the uh, what's happening here? Oh, Julius, he trained um, a half brother of the Autumn Sun in the Awesome Sun to a win in a, a bottomless heavy ten thousand. Uh, it was a midweek during the week, so he's he's got a bit of confidence. He does. Speed Map Hunters <laughs> uh, is that horse that we've just spoken about. Do you reckon probably goes forward? Streets of Avalon sits outside him. Archidemus and Red Can Man. Uh, making up the second pairing. It's hard to see Arcademus doing that off of his recent trial. Looked like he was asleep when he came out of the barriers. Uh, Sansom, Angel of Truth, Best of Days, Nonconformist on the way to a Caulfield Cup, Sierra Sue and Superstorm out the back. Um, I think there's a couple that you could put a pen through really easily here, Fish, uh, namely Nonconformist. Uh, like I said, looking for a Caulfield Cup. I think Sierra Sue is just not in the league of these at all, so... The $8.50 looks a real soft spot in the market. Uh, and then Angel of Truth is going to want further as well. I'll tip. Uh, I'll sort of, I'll have two on top here, and it's more dependent on how the track plays on the day. I will start with Sansom. Uh, one, the, was it the Bletchingly? I believe it was. Yeah, it was the Bletchingly. One, the Bletchingly, quite impressive uh, fashion there, punters. Uh, looks a pattern horse, this one, uh, for Phil Stokes. It looks like when he wins one, he wins two. It's not often he runs second up. When he does, he wins. Uh, was, like I said, very impressive last start, beating some good horses. The astrologist has come out since and won. 
Uh, the good tracks are positive and Ben Allen sticking on board. Uh, I think if it's playing up on the pace, uh, Sampson's going to be up on the rail in the first couple of pairs. That's where you want to be. If they're coming from the back of the field, uh, Willie Pike's not riding this one, but it's going to be the pink and white that wins at Superstorm. Uh, I think the camp butchered the prep a bit last time out. They sort of went, I think it was 14 out to 2,000 and then back to a mile or something like that, or the, the 1,500, sorry, for a, a Golden Eagle. I think that was just a complete balls up there. The trial at Geelong was hot, I thought. Um, and the blinkers go on first time. I think that shows real intention from the now trainer, Danny Oak. Uh, so the good tracks, obviously, are real positive for a, a West Australian horse coming uh, coming to Melbourne. Uh, when they do it, they uh, don't often miss. Uh, so I've got Superstorm there. Um, how did you see it? A bit surprised, mate. I'm going Streets of Avalon by myself. I thought you'd be on board as well, but I've got Streets of Avalon on top. I've taken the form out of the Bletchingly race you just spoke about. Um, I like both the horses out of that race. Streets of Avalon, obviously, 1,200 first up in that Bletchingly was always going to be a bit short. I think he's more of a 1,400, 1,500 metre disciple. Peaks around there. He's had plenty of success at Caulfield. Um, he almost won first up anyway, so I was pretty happy to take the form forward there. In very good order. There's no rain around, firm truck, and I think he's one of the better bets on the program. The only thing I'm worried about, like you said, I wanted to know how the track's playing because Sansom, out of the same race, beat Streets of Avalon first up over 1,200. Um, this is a new story at the 1,400. That's why I swung the other way. But the thing that I like that probably brings Sansom back into the race is the barrier one uh, lead and lead around the fence. So I'm pretty keen to play both them horses, but... I'll probably make a decision in that race once once the day's gone past and I can tell how the track's playing. But Sansom's another one that loves Caulfield. Um, Benny Allen and Phil Stokes are a great combination. So I think it's going to be a good race. But I think Streets of Avalon's the best horse in the race. There's no doubt that he's, uh, well, he's definitely up there as one of the best horses of the race, probably uh, one of the more suited to this race. But I wouldn't talk you out of backing him. He's a two-time Group 1 winner. That was first up and second up last prep where he... Uh, sorry, it was a, a Group 2 Australia stakes where he beat Viradine and then came out beat Imaging Crosshaven in a CF4. Uh, both runs were at Caulfield punters, so I'm not going to talk here out of him for those reasons. Uh, probably the only reason I didn't go with him, there was an interview with Zach Spain on racing.com and it was during the week. He said that Streets of Avalon sort of peaked a bit early but uh, was really brave to finish, so you could probably make the case off of those comments he should have won. Uh, I'm just... I'm just being a bit cautious of that. I think 320 is pretty skinny to take for around that sort of mark for uh, a horse that's peaked that much, uh, especially coming off such a big break and, and quite a good trial. So, uh, like I said, wouldn't talk you out of it. Uh, he's a two-time Group 1 winner, but uh, I've got queries about him. Uh, and the only reason I'm sort of not tipping him is just that that price is a, a little bit short for me. Yeah, totally fair, mate. We'll have to wait and see on the weekend and see see if he's improved from that first up run. Yeah, absolutely. Race nine is the uh, Evergreen Turf Regal Roller, which is 1,200-metre handicap listed race. Here we go. La Mexicana, favourite, $2.40. Jamie Carstick's interesting horse from Singapore, this one, the Inferno. Uh, undefeated. Well, not undefeated, sorry. Eight wins from nine starts, $5. Zoo Dancer, six. Away game, seven. Pinto for Richard Kelly is $9. Uh, Hawks are bringing it outrageous here at 20. Crosshaven, 23. 
Brave Song 35. Large odds the rest, mate. Um, yeah, where's Lowell Mexican is kind of going to sit in the map? Um, mate, should be box seat 1-1 one, one behind away game who will have Crosshaven outside of her on official maps. Uh, Pintoff will have La Mexicana on the fence. Uh, behind her, Zoo Dancer, free to move. Outrageous, Gigi, second over, never again. Brave song. And I'm not sure where the Inferno gets to. I wasn't able to sort of find anything uh, on this horse, formerly known as Inferno in, in Singapore. Uh, the raps coming out of, like on that horse coming out of Singapore and coming here are quite high. Uh, so I'm concerned about that horse. With that being said, I'm ready to take my licks if it beats this uh, this filly of mine, this mare of mine. Uh, Islam Mexicana, I think she's a complete uh, moral again here, punters. She was highly impressive returning to the track first up. Jamie Carr sticks. She gets gate two, goes forwards. Uh, the 1,200 metres, she'll have a lot of time to put this horse in the right spot. So if she's leading, uh, she I don't think she'll be doing it too hard at all. Um, she'll keep the horse happy where she needs to be. Uh, we've seen time and time again that she wins at this track and, and can win very well. The 54 kilos, a massive tick. Uh, she probably had no right to do what she did first up with the 60 kilos on board. I was really concerned about the fact that there was no public trial or jump out. Uh, and she surprised me a lot. And um, it, this is a horse that I think I've got a really good gauge on. Uh, so more than happy to put her on top. I'm concerned about the Inferno, but uh, maybe we don't quite know where this horse is. Uh, maybe this is just a, an absolute barrier trial for him. Uh, but La Mexicana, I'm already in the queue, mate. I think she's won. How are you seeing it? Yeah, I'm in the same boat, mate. The only one I was a bit, bit cautious of is the Inferno. Um, obviously, like you said, it's hard to line up. I don't know anything about Singapore races. Um, not even sure what the tracks are like that they race on over there. It says good every start, so that suggests to me some of them might be even synthetic. Um hmm. The times from over there are very quick. They're Everest-type times. So that's the one I'm, I'm cautious of. But like you said... I think a lot of their racing is on synthetic ground, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Must be. Um, obviously, we all thought La Mexicana might need to run first up and she almost stole the race. So with 60 kilos on your back, you thought, geez, that was impressive. And then you look at the form. Just like you said, she's unbeaten second up, unbeaten at the 1,200. Good track, won't be any concerns. Um, I don't think any other horses in this race compared to the Inferno on paper look like they're good enough to beat La Mexicana. And the other thing is, she looks like she's gotten into this race with an absolute robbery with 54 on the back compared to a few of these other horses. I just don't understand how they've handicapped her at 54. Well, I don't understand how it works, but I think she's very well placed. And $2.40, yeah, I'm happy to take that, mate. I think you could almost say she's probably one of the better bets of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I couldn't agree with you more there. I can't find much on Inferno, um, apart from the fact that, you know, one of a Singapore guineas, things like that. I think this horse was set for a Hong Kong sprint but didn't go due to, to illness and a few injuries. Punters. So uh, one of the biggest sprint races in the world, that one. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. La Mexicana, 54 kilos. I could have a... I could have a Dollar ninety in this field. Um, you go and have a look at the the field itself. Uh, away game was uh, subject to an absolute peach by uh, it was Steph Thornton winning the Healy Stakes at Eagle Farm, and I think that might have been on Tats Tiara Day. 
Um, then you go and have a look at a couple of other Zoo Dancer. Uh, has been questionable since probably her last win. Uh, Cross Haven, I want further. Uh, I, I just think that she's uh, ticked all the boxes here. Uh, it was 260 last night into 240. It was originally $3 punters, so get in while you can uh, because if it's on pace, she's going to be one of the shorter favourites of the day. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Spot on there. And um, I guess that'll lead us into it. You got a best bet, next best and value bet for the weekend? Yeah, mate. Uh, best is obviously La Mexicana. I really like the odds of True Detective. Uh, and uh, going through and having a look, uh, now that I've spoken about, uh, well, there's obviously Throw Nose Marty in there, um, Generation. Uh, I think a really good each way play for the punters is going to be constructing that up and coming. Uh, at Kembla. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, mate. I, I'm going a bit wide with your best bet once again, but I, I really like to look at Gorlis in the uh, agency spring preview at Kembla Grange. $7 you can get at the moment, and I just think that's well over the odds. So I'm going with my best bet at value. Um, next is La Mexicana for obvious reasons we just spoke about. My value bet of the day is direct in the um, early race at uh, Melbourne, I think $21 is pretty good odds in that Ned's Vane Stakes for three-year-olds. And then I've got a few – I've got two bets from outside the square there, mate. Have you got any from around the sticks? Uh, the only one I'm, I've really been able to have a look at, we've got the uh, – and I think we might be about to talk about the same race as the, the James Squire Spring Stakes. Uh, it's race six at Morpherville there, punters. I think it might be over the – over the 1,200, just as I try and bring that information up in front of me. Uh, pretty short price favourite in Behemoth in the race, but Bo Ross is taking up the second line, and I think this is a, a group horse in the making. One by three lengths last start and was sort of only let off the lead the last 200 metres there. Um, that track was a... The track's currently rated sort of a, a heavy nine or was last night when I was having a look, and I'm just bringing up some more information again, punters. Uh, but in, improving weather will help the, the state of the track. Uh, I don't think this is the best horse in the race. I think Behemoth is. Uh, but I think that Bo Ross is probably best suited to win the race. Have you? What have you got from out wide? Uh, yeah, from that race there, it's definitely a two-horse race. I agree with you. I'd be leaning towards Behemoth there. With, um, I'm obviously a massive fan of Taylor Crowther. But my two bets from around are both at Kemble Grange, actually. Race six, I've got Crystal Pegasus in the 2,000-metre race. $5.50. He's been improving every start as he steps out in trip. 2,000 metres is his go from his overseas days. Last start, I was trackside and he looked absolutely exceptional in the yard and was only beaten by a horse that we all have a massive wrap on down here in Sydney, Wicklow. And they absolutely gapped the field. And all reports from that day were that Crystal Pegasus was probably one start short and needed 2,000. So looking at the horse he's up against there tomorrow, I think, Great bet on Crystal Pegasus early at 5.50. And then race nine, I like Glorious Dream. Each way odds, nine and 280. He's a horse who's had plenty of issues and had a year out of racing. Oh, sorry, she's had a year out, she had a year out of racing. And since her return, she's been in tip-top order. Hit the line well last start behind some nice city horses like Exotic Ruby and a few others. And dropped seven kilos here with Ellen Hennessy taking the ride. Um, I can only see her hitting the line well. The odds are too generous not to have a play, so... I'm having an each way playing glorious dream there at nine and two eighty as well. Well, uh, there's plenty out wide there, punters. And if you want to go out even wider and see a full preview for what 
uh, the Fishman has got at Kembla Grange on Saturday and what I'll have at Caulfield. Uh, what you can do, you can go to Brilliant Racing at, uh, at Twitter, Instagram and Facebook punters and we'll have full previews up there uh, Well, tomorrow morning as we're sort of recording this Friday morning here. The other thing you can do, you can go over to Triple J Racing uh, to see everything that the fish has got for the weekend coming up. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to posting a few bets over the weekend for Brilliant and Triple J Racing. Been a good week so far. Um, 11 units profit on my own personal page of Triple J Racing. So hoping to grow that even more over the weekend, but we'll see how we go. All aboard, punters. There's nothing better than seeing it pop up just in your, in your news feed as you're scrolling through. Nothing to do on a Tuesday afternoon and Fish has tipped something out at Wyong or something like that. It just bolts in. So uh, get around him for sure. There's a few production meetings that are taking place at the moment, but I think the next show that we'll be doing might be a full day at, uh, at Ramwick next week, Fish. The, the, uh, the Wink Stakes, the Group 1, uh, would be the next show that we're looking at. But uh, like I said, pun, there's a couple more production meetings there. Uh, until then, like I said, get around uh, Brilliance and Triple J, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, follow Bet with Brilliance on Spotify there. Uh, you'll get all of our weekly previews. Until then, Bet Up, have a fill up, and we'll see you next week. That's it, mate. Have a good weekend, everyone, and hopefully plenty of winners and a few beers.